What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to the Courtside Sandout Podcast once again. I'm Josh Shivanoff. He is the one and only Angel Ortega. A lot of stuff to talk about this week. Lots of UFC. And then also the biggest fight of all time is happening. Uh, and then also Jake Paul is fighting Timer Woodley. Uh, before we get into all that and more, talk to you guys about Rogue Energy. Rogue Energy was founded in January 2017 to be the best gaming drink in the world. They have the premium stack of the former delicious energy and focus drink. It's dined to replace another energy drinks, coffee, new traditional pre-workouts. Rogue Energy is sugar-free, just loaded with vitamins, antioxidants, and nootropics. They designed Rogue Energy for the emerging professional competitive gaming market and continues to have fantastic carryover and success. And students, athletes, entrepreneurs, and anyone looking to optimize their mental physical performance. If you want 10% off your order, use the code SANOFF at checkout. It's code SANOFF at checkout for 10% off of all your energy needs. Last Saturday night from the UFC Apex in Las Vegas, Nevada, UFC Vegas 34. In the main event, Jared Cannonier just barely edging out Kelman Gaslam in a five-round war. A lot of stuff to take away from this one, Angel, my man. Um, firstly, I'll ask you this. How did you score the fight? I know that the first two rounds, clearly Kelvin Gaslam's. The next two rounds, clearly Jared Cannonier. It all comes down to round number five. Who'd you have winning? You know, I, I wish I would have kept the scorecard because at the time I, I knew and I mentioned this to you. I'm like, it could be close. And it, and, it, and the knockdown was the big factor throughout the fight, which ended up being talked about afterwards. And I, I, I felt like the vast majority of people had it for Cannoneer. There was a select few who had it for, for Kelvin. There was a, a argument. But even then, I didn't come out of that fight thinking like, oh, Kelvin won that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Even if he was awarded the win, I would have been like, he snuck by. You know, mm-hmm. so I wasn't it wasn't a performance, you know, and and, and when they announced Jared, I'm like, OK, I, I feel more comfortable saying, yeah, Jared Kennedy came out of that fight winning that fight, you know, mm-hmm. and Kelvin truly wasn't far from winning that fight. But it was a fight that couldn't be as close that didn't have to be as close as it was. And uh, he ate some shots in that man, which was a bit worrying. But uh, as far as how I scored, I didn't have a, I didn't have an exact scorecard. This is probably one of the few times where I'm disappointed that I didn't keep one because uh-huh. it would have been a great discussion, I think, amongst us. Because there was a lot of uh, talk around that and the scoring, I think. But you know, as it is, as it stands itself, like I told you, I didn't come out of that fight thinking Kelvin won it. Like I, I there was an argument for it. A lot of people said, "Oh, you know, I could have scored it for Kelvin." But people who even said that said, "I think Jared won the fight, though." Even with that, even me like scoring it like that, you know, mm. there's there's extremely strong argument. Yeah, of course. And ultimately, what it came down to, I mean, I think the scorecard, if you did keep on, it'd be pretty. Pretty similar to everybody else. I mean, ultimately, it came down to that last round. I don't know anybody that did give rounds. I mean, one and two were clearly Gastelum. Three and four were clearly Cannoneer. It all came down to round five. I thought Jared edged it out, but I wasn't overly thrilled about it. I could see it going to Gastelum, and I could see it going to Cannoneer. I don't think it would have been a robbery either way. Um, but I'll give I'll give props, man. Jared Cannoneer. For the, this is a guy that, like, I, I talked about it last week on the show. This is a guy that's, like, he's gotten some good knockouts. He's gotten some good stuff over time. Um, however, he's never really been in that five-round war. He's never gone five rounds. I mean, his his best win was, you know, a knockout over Jack Hermanson before Hermanson's really hit his stride, so on and so forth. Um, ultimately, he stayed in there. He went down two rounds to a former title challenger, and he just put it on him three and four and then in the fifth and final round he just came back to rebound man it was very very impressive now the big question though the big question coming away from that and something i'll ask you jared cannonier he's 
in a very good position for himself. The top contenders at 185, obviously Whitaker is going to fight, you know, Adesanya next, God willing, uh, if Izzy's team tries to not get out of it. Um, that's not me saying he's scared, just they've they've been very outward about they have zero interest in fighting Whitaker. Um, they've said they do want to fight Cannonier, and he's pretty much the only guy in that kind of title discussion that has not fought Adesanya yet. Do you think he should potentially try to wait out for a title shot? I mean, God knows how long that could be. Or do you think he'd try to get another fight in between now to try kind of solidify his contendership status? I think the big thing with, with the Izzy situation is they want that fight in Australia. And obviously their situation is different in the U.S., even how they're handling things and as far as people coming in and out. Or I don't know if he wants it in Auckland, if he wants it in New Zealand. But the thing is, regardless, though, both those countries are kind of dealing with COVID in their own way. And... Uh, and uh, Dana knows that's a draw, knows that's a big thing for them, and he knows how badly Izzy would want to fight Robert back in Australia or New Zealand, one of the two. And, uh, you know, I think they really want to set that up. I think I can, and I, I think I can maybe say this pretty calmly, I think Israel Adesanya will not fight this year again. Yeah. I think we can kind of come to that conclusion. Same with Robert Whitaker. I don't think Robert Whitaker will fight again this year. Neither of them will be fighting again in 2021. We'll see them in 2022 in New Zealand in Auckland, or in Australia, in Sydney, somewhere like that. Or maybe even in, you know, maybe L.A., maybe maybe they do an MSG card. I don't know. Honestly, I felt like they should have tried to push the MSG card a little farther back and maybe sneak Izzy in there, because if they could have had Izzy in there, dude, that would have been an insane card, mm-hmm. and that would have been big money. And obviously, you know, there's there's a lot of stuff going on there with, you know, that whole situation out there we've got to get into. But I can guarantee you that they do not fight again. I think for Jared, the smart idea is get another fight in. Uh at some point, I think between 2021 and 2022, the end, early 2022, I think he should fight one more time. He gets his title midway next year, maybe even late next year. I think he should be looking at the winner of Paulo and Vittoria, uh, whoever comes out on top of that. I think with that, he kind of cements himself as a guaranteed title shot, undisputed. Obviously, I think that you know he had that win over Jack Hermanson. Obviously, he had that fight with uh, Robert Whitaker, which went the distance. You know, it didn't end up going his way. But, you know, we know what Robert's been on the tear. He's undisputedly, on, you know, extremely deserving of it. No one else deserves it more. Even with the Izzy argument, you know, I think the UFC should still push Robert to get that fight because he was a former champion and of his tear coming back. I mean, it's kind of insane. I mean, how, you know, what was the last time a guy rebounded like this, Josh, after losing a title? You know? Like, I, I legitimately cannot remember the last time. Exactly. We're talking, about, we're, we're talking about a guy that, like, got knocked out, and he's he's gone through with what like the top three in that division like based on the rankings at the time i know tills dropped but like and let's be honest he, he could do more too he could have done more too he could have bought like uh, he could still fight another guy now and probably win and be even more like undisputed you know undisputed mm-hmm. challenger but he doesn't have to so yeah i think jared should get a fight in between with one of those guys uh unless some sort of other guy comes in i don't know if they want to maybe throw sean strickland at him if sean strickland win, wins against luke rockhold or maybe luke rockhold wins and they just throw luke rockhold at him it's just, i think it's dependent of that i think that's another interesting matchup i think that's a matchup we didn't even really think about until now mm. yeah and ultimately i thought it was i mean first of all go ahead and say this it was a great performance like by him it really made me rethink his status in that division because, I mean, I've loved Jared Cannonier, Jared Cannonier as a fighter. But as a contender, I was never really sold. Like, he's, I feel like he's always been lacking that win. And a win like this where he had to come back from adversity and he beat a former title challenger. Like, I know Gaston's been on a rough streak, dude, but I, that doesn't really matter to me. Like, that was still extremely impressive. 
Um, in terms of getting a title shot, I think that he could probably honestly just wait it out um, and actually get one. Just because Izzy's team really wants to fight him for some reason. I think they think that'd be a big selling fight. Not because Cannoneer's a big star necessarily, but because, dude, Cannoneer, I mean, if he were a champion, that that would sell the casuals. He has that huge power. He's a good look about him. So I think that's probably why Izzy wants that fight. Plus, honestly, it's a p- pretty good matchup for him. Oh, yeah. Uh, I. But honestly, he said that the only reason why he wouldn't wait it out is because he's broke, which honestly really ties into the whole fighter prey argument but i think we've touched on that enough times on this show so ultimately i think he should probably wait it out but will he i don't think so i mean if you're talking about how you're openly broke about how you really need the money to fight i think we'll probably see him back again unfortunately which sucks because i think man if whitaker and adesanya was going down when it was supposed to they were trying to fit in that one before the end of the year but i guess it had some sort of issue with the scheduling um, on Izzy's side of things, so he, he he's not going to fight for the rest of this year. Canyon mm-hmm. probably won't get a touch on until midpoint of next year, probably. Uh, so that would really suck. So I think we'll probably see him back in there again, which ultimately sucks. But hey, man, props to Jared Canyon here. He really solidified his status. Um, probably number two in the division once the ranking is. Well, not sure if the rankings have been updated. I apologize, but yeah, dude, dude's a top contender in division. He really proved it to me personally. Uh, moving down the card, man, a guy that did not solidify himself as a contender to me. No, 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 not at all. And it's not because he's, he didn't look bad, but he didn't look as good as he should have been. Mm-hmm. Uh, Clay Guida, Mark Madsen going to a split decision. Mark Madsen picking up the victory, staying undefeated, but not looking very great. In fact, you guys can go check MMADecisions.com. A very vocal majority of people actually had Guida winning the fight. Okay, that wasn't age- that wasn't me, just you know. Okay, I I didn't think so, but I <laughs> what did you think about the fight itself? I mean, did this really you know, you, confidence in Mark Madsen moving forward? A, a bit, yes. You know that meme, uh, oh, so you're a wrestler now? It was more of a, oh, you're a striker now meme for Marco <laughs> Madsen. It came out, he did try one takedown. Uh, but look, man, you know, I, I, I said it last time we talked, Clay Guida is an extremely tough out for anybody. I mean, he's not going to... Even at 39 years old, almost 40 years old now, he is still a difficult guy to take out of there. And for what it's worth, Marco Metzen hasn't faced anybody with this level of experience, this much time in the octagon, the level of IQ, faced multiple styles, you know. And at his age and with all his experience, still has really good cardio, you know. So I think as far as matchmaking, this was actually a very intelligent matchup. Now we know Marco Metzen isn't deserving of a 15 spot <laughs> or a ranked fighter. And there's nothing wrong with that, honestly. Like it, it, we shouldn't, mm. we, sh- we shouldn't laugh at it. We shouldn't. Uh, I, I thought that this could have been his coming out party. He comes out, he takes Kalita down. Maybe he beats him with ground and pound. So maybe he dominates him. Didn't end up being the performance I thought that I thought was going to happen. But you know, I, I have to respect it because he did. He came out and did something he's not used to, and that shows some growth in him and trying to feel comfortable. And with all the adversity he went through in his life recently. Uh, you know, we know, you know, we know what level he's at. He has some stuff to work on. It makes sense for a guy of his age. <laughs> you know, we'll get him another opponent outside of the top 15. There's a lot of talented lightweights, uh, and there's a lot of matchups you can get. Mm-hmm. Of course. And ultimately, something that you said that I want to touch on there. Nobody looks good against Clay Guida, really. They they just don't. He's a tough out. I'm not sure what it is about his style, but he's aged very, very gracefully. He's 39 years old. 
His record is 36 wins, 21 losses. I don't think that entirely tells its tale, man. I mean, every single one of his fights has been pretty tough. I mean, he gave Bobby Green a tough fight. Jim Miller is the only guy that honestly ran right through him recently. Uh, he beat BJ in a war, beat Michael Johnson in a war. And this Mark Madsen fight, I didn't score it for him, but I completely get the argument if you do. Um, obviously, round one was relatively close, but I thought Mark Madsen took it. Round two, clearly Guida. Round three, clearly Madsen. So I had no problem with it ultimately, but, you know, it did kind of shake my confidence because this is a guy that's, damn, I mean, it show, does show growth in his game. The fact that he's comfortable standing up, that is very important. However, if you're not, if you're not, you can be comfortable, but if you're not winning on the feet, then what the fuck are you doing there? Like, it's just like, and he, he wasn't necessarily losing all the exchanges. He was winning some of them, but you should not be having competitive exchanges with a 39 year old Clay Guida. Um, you should not be losing clear portions of the round and losing an entire round. So he, he really should go back to his, like his superior wrestling base, um, it's not even that. I think he needs to learn how to string his wrestling with his striking yeah. and striking with wrestling and learn how to chain it all together. Because that's what, at the end of the day, will make him a very dangerous person. Because, you know, like, if he has those flying knees like Khabib did and, you know, that leads to a takedown or, you know, maybe a spinning, you know, strike that he'll throw and then follow, you know, something unique like that. Yeah. And he makes it in his, uh, you know, repertoire and people know about it, but they don't, you know, it, you know it's capable of landing. You know, that that's what will make him a, a complete fighter. It's just that right now he needs to learn how to do all of that. Do we know what gym he's with? Do you have any idea? Uh, I have no clue of what gym he's with. Okay, well, on Tapology, I just looked up. He's with uh, Fight Ready MMA. I don't know. Me neither. Okay, so Henry comes out of that gym according to – and at the time, obviously, Henry's not with him anymore. And Henry builds his yeah. own camp, so that isn't correct. Uh I don't know. There, there's there's a couple names in here. I, I don't I don't want to highlight any of them. They have Tracy Cortez in here, and there's there's some good fighters in here. But and like I said, this isn't the full list. But I just kind of wanted to see because you know depending on who he's with, I'm sure they can kind of develop that very well. Mm-hmm. And I don't necessarily mean to shit on the guy because I think one of the things that like Mark Madsen is 36 now and he's had two years of ring rust. Whenever you the older you get, and since something Dan Cormier has talked about on multiple occasions, and I you can argue he's an outlier, but I don't think he necessarily is. It's very very hard to wrestle as you get older. It is very difficult. Almost all those guys that you see that are older, unless they have like unless they're relatively you know they don't have much wear and tear just by virtue of they got into the game late. Brock Lesnar would be an example. Um, they all have a shitload of wear and tear, dude. And it's very, very hard for them to continuously wrestle. Um, and that's why he has to mix up his striking more. It's possible that he has injuries from his wrestling days, so that's why he didn't really get to showcase it here. I don't know if that's the case, but that could possibly be a reason why he spent most of his final defeat. Like you said, he really just needs to chain it together better, and I still have hope for him. Because there's very rare that you guy get a guy of this pure talent level. Like, just in the sport of wrestling, over in MMA. Because we've had good wrestlers, for sure, but he's a I mean, come on, man. He, he's a, he's a, an Olympic silver medalist, five-time world championship medalist. He's considered one of the greatest wrestlers, especially coming out of Denmark, and are, you can argue in his weight class of all time. And in terms of Greco-Roman, anyway. So, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, he got the win. Good. Let's let's see him against a better guy next time, hopefully. Um, and we'll see if he goes back to the game plan specifically. As far as the rest of the card goes, my guy, what are some of the fights that you want to go and highlight? Oh, man. Well, let's go one under it, Josh. A fight that I did not expect the outcome that 
was announced to be it. And it's not because I disagreed with it. I just didn't expect this person to win. Parker Porter versus Chase Sherman. Chase Sherman losing to Parker Porter. Josh, what are your thoughts at the time of watching that fight as it's happening? I thought good for Parker Porter. You, you felt good for Parker Porter. You know, yeah, you I mean, it's not, it's not, it's not a deep. Th- it's not. I don't have too many deep thoughts on it because I thought it. I thought it was a good performance. Did you um, expect I, them to win though? That's the thing because I no, went ahead and no, I looked. Not at all. That, that's the reason I asked for your initial thoughts because I looked around and I was looking at an MMA verdict, uh, topology, and it was pretty, pretty set on the idea that Chase Sherman was going to come out here and win this fight, especially because Parker Porter had been knocked out multiple times in the first round. Yeah, and I think the main reason why is because Chase Sherman, at one point, and that's saying this is something we got we got to let go of. But at one point, he was actually a pretty hyped up prospect. I mean, whenever he came into the UFC back in, I guess it would have been back in 2016. He would have been 26. Uh, he had a couple of nice wins there. He he looked good. He had some of the best leg kicks I've seen out of heavyweight ever. Specifically, go watch the Rashad Coulter fight. Um, dude looked very, very good, but since then he's kind of just, I don't want to say he's wasted his opportunities, but he's not looked very good. He he beat Ike Villanueva, but Ike took that one on very, very short notice and Ike is more of a light heavyweight anyway. So, I mean, it it is what it is. Um, and Parker Porter, I mean, he's a guy that I was happy to see him get this shot, get into the UFC specifically because he's on the latter half of his career. Um, and he's been a guy that's literally been fighting for a very, very long time. I mean, like I said, he fought John Jones on the regional scene in like his third fight. Like, this is a guy that's been around in the game for a long time. Um, so I'm happy to see him get the win. I'm happy to see him, you know, ultimately stay in there. It's very rare that you have these sort of fun stories like this. It's like a guy that at one point was like five and four that was like getting knocked out bellator and he's at the age of 36 and he's finally making his way to the ufc i think it's an awesome story honestly but i like that i like that yeah in terms of like actual fights of significance though because neither one of those guys are going to be sniffing the top 15 anytime soon probably who knows Mm -hmm. maybe maybe parker port is going to go on a heavyweight title run i don't know um but in terms of fight of significance angel my guy flew under the radar alexander pantoja is the next title challenger for um, Brandon Moreno. I can't believe I completely. I almost said Brandon Moreno. Well, that, that that's his demon, bro. That's his boogeyman. He has defeated him twice in a row. Dana said before the fight that the winner of this fight was going to get the rematch. Like the rematch, get the next title shot. And now it's going to be a trilogy fight. Pantoja is two up on him. And mm-hmm. will Brandon Moreno be able to conquer the demons? First of all, what do you think about Pantoja's win on Saturday? And what do you think about a potential trilogy fight between those two? I'm I'm not surprised, motherfuckers. Essentially, is my initial reaction. I wasn't, dude. I wasn't. Uh, I knew it, it, I knew he was gonna win. I didn't know what fashion. Brandon Ravel is very susceptible to making like very like just small mistakes that lead to him getting into some serious trouble. Look, the guy's a good fighter, but he makes a lot of mistakes, and I really like him. I felt really bad for him for obviously having that injury in that fight, but like I said, it ended up leading to Brandon, you know, getting that title shot and then him drawing the fight. Obviously, some luck played into that. Well, not luck, but some other factors played into that, and then he followed it up with the amazing performance of him obviously becoming champ. Uh, but Pantoja, man, I mean, I think that's a demon he has to conquer. You know, obviously, I think he's capable of beating Brandon Revol. If Brandon Revol would have beat Pantoja, that would have been insane, and I think Brandon would have beat Revol. Now, this fight, I think this fight's interesting because Pantoja's probably the one guy in this division who... He's he's a tough out, man. I mean, if you look at his losses, I mean, it's it's all talented people. And even people before he made it, he fought Jose Formiga back in 2010. 
and Shudo Brazil. I mean, the guy in in, in more recent time, his last two losses were to Askarov, Askarov and Davidson Ferreira. And it's not like he's getting finished. He loses their decision. And you can probably look back at those, and I'm sure they're relatively close. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, it's it's and for, and for Brandon, I mean, he I think for him to cement himself as a genuine champion, I think this is the fight he needs to take, and he needs to beat him. Because I think mm-hmm. that if he never fights him again, for some reason, if if after this, uh, if if uh, he were to fight Davison next, right, they did get Pantoja the title shot, and mm-hmm. Davison put him out cold, you know, hypothetically, I'm giving a big hypothetical. Yeah. And then his career starts going down, he starts taking losses, everybody would be like, well, he lost to Pantoja twice, and he never got that win over Pantoja. And I know it wouldn't be like a big topic, but it would be something that's there, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think this is this is probably the best matchup he can get because obviously he had his his two fights. Eventually he'll get that trilogy with Davidson. I mean he's gonna have multiple trilogies in his lifetime. I'm sure now at this point. Uh, but yeah, no, he. I think this is a demon he needs to conquer, and this is probably the best matchmaking they could do. And he, this will probably be the big, you know, I'm sure that at one point he thought, you know, being on the Ultimate Fighter, coming back, you know, getting the title shot. And then winning the title were the biggest moments of his life. I think his first title defense now is his biggest moment of his life. Yeah, I think I honestly don't think I could have put it any better. Like the title win, who was it? Was it Matt Hughes that said like you don't like you're not a real champion until you defend your belt? Yeah, I don't I think agree you're right with that whatsoever. However, I think but in it, this but it makes sense. I think in this situation, like I think it'd be even bigger. Like, if he were to beat Pantoja, it'd be bigger than him actually winning the belt of Figueredo. Because Figueredo, I mean, we, we knew going into that one, these guys are very evenly matched. They had a draw beforehand, and so on and so forth. Pantoja has not just beat him. He's beat his ass twice. He submitted like, him 30-20. What was it, 30-27? Maybe even a 30-26. I mean, I don't know what it is exactly. Yeah, they score third. you were correct, 30-26 across all judges' scorecards. And then he got submitted in the second round. So he's been, he hasn't just lost. He's gotten his ass beat by him twice. It has not been particularly close. And now he's champion. He went away from the UFC. He's had this huge evolution of his game. And now it's finally time, man. It's finally time for him to go ahead and submit his legacy. And this is the perfect fight for him. I truly believe it. Like, as much as I love Brandon Roy Val, I'm, I'm kind of glad that Pantoja got this win. Because there is so much that, like... It, I'm more excited for this than a Figueroa trilogy. Is, is that weird to say? I mean, that'll happen eventually. Uh, that'll happen eventually. Like I said, all, he's fought multiple people in that division. He'll have multiple, you know, Brandon this to Brandon trilogy. Like, he could have multiple trilogy fights in his lifetime. <laughs> yeah, so it, but I should mean, so, like, right now. Oh, no, no, no. You're not wrong. Yeah. Yeah, but, you know, fair enough to all that. As far as that goes, man, I'm just, I'm very excited for that trilogy fight. Apparently it will be next. That's what Dana said before the fight. Um, so who knows what's going on figure out maybe they just want to give somebody else a shot honestly but we'll see what happens as far as the rest of the card goes man what are some of the other fights you want to go and highlight before we move on to this weekend oh man i just uh let me have okay i have it here well dude let's go down to the to the lady uh, is it jose jose nunez jose nunez we'll go, we'll go josie nunez <laughs> josie nunez came out looking like a mini fucking tyson josh did you love it let's be real it was it was pretty cool <laughs> it was pretty it, cool it i was loved pretty it pretty dope we it, it's, it, we've not had a like a knockout like that in quite a while especially from a from a gal you know like no disrespect to the woman's deficient but what what, what a knockout but she came out here just trudging forward she was facing the giant she was small, but she kept coming forward, man. She wasn't getting hit with anything. She had that Tyson-esque movement. It was terrifying. I loved it. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, of course, man. And ultimately, like, this is, I mean, very, like, like I said, not not to be sexist. I don't want to offend anybody, but we've not had, like, a knockout from Wolverine. you asshole. In in quite a while. Like, I was trying to be careful with my wording there, but it's been quite a while since we've had a knockout like that. So that was extremely impressive. Um, And her opponent, B. Malecki, is not bad by any means either. So, I mean, that was – she was undefeated going into that with two wins in the UFC. So – Damn yeah. good win by her. Goat, goat status. Goat, he goat, <laughs> goat status, for sure. Um, our boy Brian Boom Kelleher picking up a nice win as well. Uh, William Knight getting a nice knockout win. Man, don't even get me started on that. And then one of the best knockouts of the year, Ignacio. It's, it, it's the knockout of the year at this point. Let's Instant. Honest. Yeah, defeating Roosevelt Roberts. I'm pretty sure that was an upset, too. So just... And hey, amazing man. And he was winning that fight. He didn't need the finish either. No, he didn't. And I believe that was with five seconds left? Something. Very, ten. Ten. It was like ten or five. It was crazy. And Josh, last week, you didn't highlight him. I highlighted him. I'm not calling you out or anything in a bad way. I'm just saying. The fuck, you didn't man? mention him. <laughs> Josh like, why'd you have to say my name, man? Why oh, you Jesus Christ. I don't my call government. you out bad picks. Jesus. <laughs> my government name. No, all I'm saying is in that specific fight, you, you mentioned Roosevelt Roberts. Yeah. And I mentioned Ignacio Bahamondes. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying you you did anything wrong. Well, I also mentioned Sasha Polenikov, and he got submitted too. So I mean, it wasn't. God, you asshole! <laughs> I the Joss Jinx dude. You got like you guys don't even know, man. Like, I think I've made this meme before, but like the scene in Death Note, like whenever he's right, like the compilation of him writing down the names right at the beginning, and everybody's falling downstairs, tr- crashing through buildings. That's what happens to fighters the second I pick them. Um, or even mention them like Palatnikov I mentioned he got choked the fuck out um Roosevelt Roberts went to sleep like Brandon Roy dude, dude that was a scary knockout by the way yeah it was a terrifying knockout like that sucked um I mean it was knockout of the year so it was awesome but like it it, it, it sucks, sucks for him yeah it sucks for him um and that really does suck because that's a guy that uh now Good he's guy. lost three in a row I understand they overturned Kevin Kroon but he lost that one yeah, what was that all about? Weed? Weed. Yeah, sounds about right. Devil's lettuce, you know. Um, yeah, man. Overall, pretty fun card though. Pretty pretty fun card. Moving on to another fun card, my guy. This Saturday, the tough finale. Not sure if it's labeled as the tough finale or UFC Vegas 35, but whatever one, we're going with it. Um, main event though, Edson Barboza, Giga Chizadek. Shizadaki, and I'm still not entirely yeah, sure. You got it that time. You got it that time. I got it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, you did, I probably won't be able to pronounce it again, so thank you for saying that. Yeah, just say Giga. Giga Shizadaki. Let's go with that. Yeah. Um, anyways, man, this is such a great fight. So Edson Barboza, at the age of 35, moving down a weight class back last year, has he, he's had a second renaissance, man. This is a guy that at one point we saw as a top five lightweight he really, really struggled, went out the door, leaving the lightweight division with four losses in his last five fights. Um, now, granted, faced some amazing competition. I thought he beat Paul Felder as well. But still, at the end of the day, I mean, he lost four of his last five. Goes down to featherweight. Beats Dan Ige. I don't care what the judges say. Literally only two people. <laughs> two people shit, champ. Shock two shit. Pe- only two people on the planet thought that Danny Ige won that fight, and they just so happened to be hired by the state of Florida's athletic commission. Man, fuck Florida. Fuck Florida. 
<laughs> but regardless of the loss to Ige, he rebounded. He dominated Maquan Americani, and then he knocked out Shane Burgos, two excellent dudes in the featherweight division. And he's taking on this monster, Giga Chizadaki. This He's actually not that young. He's 33, but he's young in MMA miles. Um, debuted back in 2019, and he has not lost since. He's on a six-fight winning streak. Some of those names, Cubs Swanson, Erwin Rivera, Brandon Davis. Uh, not like the deepest resume, but you can tell by his style. You can tell by his walk. You can tell by the way this man fights. This is a bad motherfucker right here. All right. He is 13 and two. He is now ranked number 10. As he came over from glory, so on and so forth, man. Who do you got in this main event? There's so many layers to the story. And this fight is really flying under the radar this weekend. I think it has the potential to be a fight of the year contender. You know, that that is such a good point. That's, I was going to say that, too. I think it could be fight of the year. Could be. You know, both these guys' leg kicks are fucking death, Josh. You know, what what? what what was that Mirko Krokop shit? Uh, left leg hospital or what is it? You know, you know. Yeah, left leg hospital, right leg cemetery. These guys have both of both legs. <laughs> uh, I mean, you you see that, dude. I mean, Giga has put people out multiple times. And I'm not even talking in that last fight with Cub when he put him out with that uh, liver kick, right? It was a liver kick, if I believe yeah. so. Body kick, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. I know. Someone out there is offended. Okay, fuck you. We know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But dude, he, he did that in glory too. I mean, that's like a, that's his thing. He's put up people with that body kick, and, and it's and it's fucking brutal, dude. It is a brutal way to go out, because you would never imagine like getting kicked like that would maybe put you out too. But God, man, I can't imagine the kind of pain you must feel, because these guys fucking drop, and that's it, man. And all it sometimes it seems like it only takes one clean one, and it's over. It's devastating. It's death. You know, it's the death. It's the closest thing to the death punch we could get, Josh. <laughs> you know. It, it, it is a it's, it's a true masterpiece out of these guys and uh, you know it's weird most of the time you know when we've seen the weight changes guys are usually going up to make the weight and it it's helping them better because they uh they uh they feel better they don't have to cut as much but in the, in the case of Edson Barbosa cutting the weight down to 145 has has made him feel or I, I don't even know if it made him feel better perform better and I mean man he's here he's so close to to maybe getting a title shot or, or one big name you know one more win after this and he's in that title shot picture. I mean, he's a super talented guy, and I mentioned to you, I'm like, I think, I think it's it's his run. I think it's going to start here, and uh, you know, I think the big worry with me is it's just if he's going to slow down, man. If he's going to slow down in those rounds and how far it goes, you know, if it, you know, I think for him, it, it's going to be dependent on that and how his conditioning is, and, and you know, he is, uh, you know, he is 35 years old now. You know, he's about to turn 36 at the start of next year. You know, he his his time is clearly coming to to an end you know i know i know it's you know i don't want to make it seem like his career is over but it, it, it's he he, will, he only has so much left now you know and this is one of those last runs you know I, I i'm kind of on the boat that i've always been like an experienced guy you know and, and that's been my thing you know i think knowledge is everything when it comes to the sport man and and i really think Edson Barbosa is going to come on top i'm picking the brazilian josh let's go champ Ooh. yeah i well i mean i'm actually going to go ahead and disagree with you there not on the pick Edson Barbosa via finish He's going to finish Giga. Oh, this is going to end in a finish. This can't go to a decision. Oh, no, no chance. No chance. No dice. However, I disagree that his time is coming to a close. This man is 35, but he looks 25. You think he's going to play like Jack Congo? He's going to go till he's 40? Uh, Maybe. He looks as good as he's ever looked. Like, okay, maybe not that, but he's he's looking the best he's looked. He looks pretty damn good. It's pretty scary. You're not not wrong. He's looking the best he's looked in at least four or five years. 
Like, I think that's pretty fair to say. He's 35. He looks 25. All right. This this man is a monster right now. He looks dangerous. He, he woke up feeling dangerous. OK. <laughs> um, and no offense to Giga, man. And I, I paid the price the last time I picked against Giga. I was always hiring yeah. Cup Swanson. And ultimately, he got the finish. And that's a great job by him. And I truly think he's getting better as he goes. This is a guy that came to the UFC with back-to-back split decisions wins against Brandon Davis and Jabal Emers, neither of which are even sniffing the top 15. And I don't believe that either one are even in promotion anymore. Um, There's also a guy that lost via submission to Austin Springer on the Contender Series. And that's why he had to work his way back into the UFC after that. Um, And Austin Springer is not very class either. That's the guy that lost to Caceres in roughly 17 seconds. Um, I'm, I'm obviously exaggerating, but point stands he's getting better each fight um but i don't think it's going to be enough against barboza i I truly don't man i think barboza is i don't want to say he's hitting his prime because that's that's not fair to say and i don't think that's very accurate either uh but i do think that he's finally he's hitting a stride once again he's getting into the rhythm it's been a while since he's looked this good and i don't think he's gonna let up i'm I'm taking barboza to be a finish however angel my god we we are like the only mma show I, I mean, you listen to podcasts all the time, too. I mean, you listen to shows as well. I feel like we're the only MMA show that has consistently covered The Ultimate Fighter. The district, think, and, even, and even then, we haven't done it as consistent as we could have. No, no, no. But I think we've done it significantly more than anybody else. We're not going to get the credit, you know, but... Um, well, you know something? Well, fuck him. Fuck yeah. him because we care. Yeah, tell him. Tell him. Go off, champ. Yeah. But... Yeah. Man, we've been... We, <laughs> <laughs> we covered it all year long and it's finally time for the finals the co-main event brian battle versus gilbert your your b i almost said arena but there's a b um and i will say gilbert is only here because trayshawn gore who's actually my pick to win the whole damn thing i know devastating pulled out with an injury he'll get another fight he'll still get the chance to come into the ufc but in the end it's going to be gilbert stepping in Gilbert lost via knockout to Trey Sean. Uh, I want to say last episode. So it's been like a, it's been like a what maybe a month and a half though, a month and yeah. a few weeks since that's yeah. happened. Yeah, it's been a while, but just in terms of like real like storyline time, as far as like when they show the fight. But, I know, I know, but we you yeah. know real in real time though. Yeah, real time. But here we go, Brian Ballo, Gilbert Arena, Angel. Who do you think is going to be the ultimate fighter? Dude, <sighs> I'm so triggered by this. <laughs> you know I'm not picking who I want who I should pick. I'm just telling you I'm picking Gilbert Urbina, Josh. Second really? round submission. What? Put it in the books. Put it in the books. Put it in the books. Damn, you're the- going against Brian Battle. That is. I am going Brian against Brian Battle. Worst. It's probably it's such a fucking dumb pick, but it's just like I know Trayshawn should be here, so that's why I'm picking Gilbert. Oh. And I and if Trayshawn was here, I'd still I'd pick Trayshawn. I want you to know that. Oh yeah, I mean for sure. I think if this, I don't want to say it's set up for Trayshawn, but like. This thing, I think I would have picked him against either one of these guys. I mean, like, even I did pick him against Gilbert, but you know what I'm saying. Well, let's, um, you know, I want to ask you something. Andre's on this card, too. Would you have picked him against Andre? Probably, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think, I mean, I legitimately, I thought since, like, episode one that Trayshawn's probably the best guy on that card. Not, really? not on the card, but, like, in, in that weight class. As far for as a while, I thought, for, I thought it was Andre for the longest time. I still think he's really good, though. I think the condition... I think Andre's really, really... I don't think Andre's really, really good now, but I think he will be. He can be. He can be yeah. really good. He has the potential. And we'll get to Andre in a bit. Uh, I am going to go ahead and take Brian Battle, though. 
I do think he's I think he's the better guy, honestly. I think I think it's just that simple. Gilbert's coming off a recent knockout. Um and I understand like in real time that like we don't know how like how close that was to this fight. Gilbert's still coming on a relatively short notice. Brian's looked good all season. He hasn't blown my socks off or anything, but he's still looked he still looked very, very competent, very well rounded. So I'm gonna go and take Brian Battle. Um next up though, man. The Bantamweights. We got Ricky Dursos taking on Brady Highstand. Your boy Ricky, he made it to the finals. He did. Um, we so both I have mean, someone, thankfully. Thankfully, thankfully. But who do you got, man? And who do you think is going to be the ultimate fighter for the <laughs> You know something, Josh? Obviously, I'm going to stay with my guy to pick with him. But, you know, just to get into, a little bit into the fight. Uh, you know, I, I think the one thing that happened is the one thing that impressed me the most this season outside of Brian Battle and kind of him being the last pick and him making this part as he did it was probably Brady. Brady throughout the season, I didn't think he was going to beat Josh. I thought Josh was going to beat him. I thought he was going to out-veteran him. I thought, he had, I thought he was just too experienced. I thought he was too good. I thought he was too complete of a fighter at the time for a young guy like Brady. I was wrong. Brady came out. He, he had a round in there that had some adversity and came on top. You know, he, he did his thing. Against Vince, I picked. I picked. Uh, I picked against him again. Against Vince, he did fight Vince, right? Brady, Brady fought yeah. Vince. Yeah, I picked up against Vince. Obviously, Vince had the injury. Sadly, I think if Vince doesn't get injured, I still think that's a hard fight for Brady. Hey man, that's how life is. That's how it goes. I picked against Brady every time, but like I told you, he's the other guy who impressed me the most this season on, on tough outside of Brian Battle, and uh, obviously Trayshawn. He was another guy because he didn't have a lot of experience. He didn't have a lot of fights. Didn't have any amateur fights, I believe. And I think the one thing that impressed me the most about Brady, and I think that worries me against Ricky, is that he's, dude, in the eyes of adversity, I think he can get through it. I didn't ever, in that fight against Josh, I think that was a big moment for him in his fighting career because he had to fight for one, a teammate, a friend, a guy with a lot of experience, a guy who was really tough, a guy who had been around the world and, t- and fought in multiple places, had a big record, a really a, a nice record, to be honest with you. He was just on the older end. And give him a tough fight. So, uh, he, he really – that showed me that he was a real fighter. That showed me that he he knew how to deal with being able to stay in a fight and deal with issues and go on and, and, win, in the, and win on the cards. And then uh, with Ricky, man, he's a, he's a wild man, dude. He, he loves the sport. He loves MMA, and he, that, this, this is his life, man. And obviously I'm going to pick with him. I think regardless if he wins or loses, I think Ricky, no matter what, should be in the UFC. I mean a lot of these guys were great, and I think they should be in the UFC regardless at some point or can be in the UFC at some point. But I'm mm-hmm. sticking with my boy Ricky Tercios. Yeah, man, and – I, I will also give props to Brady because, I mean, I I was right there with you, bro. I picked against Brady almost every step of the way, especially against Vince. But, like, I mean, generally speaking, I just was not. And Vince was your guy, too. Yeah, Vince was my guy. I was really – we were very – like, we were inches away, like, from having our guys meet in the finals. Like, we made, we made some damn good picks. But oh, yeah, just... dude. It could have been Andre versus Trey Sean. It could have been Ricky versus uh, Vince. It, it was almost set like that. Yeah, it was it was very very close. Um, but as far as this fight goes, man, I'm still gonna. I'm, I mean, I'm gonna pick against him once again. I, I'm a big fan of Ricky. I wonder how much of it is just the fact that I like Ricky a lot personally. He's, he's a likable guy, though, dude. It's so hard to yeah. pick against a guy you enjoy. It's the truth. Yeah. So ultimately, I think that very well may be it. But dude, I just I like Ricky a lot. I like his style. Uh, and I think he should be in the UFC regardless. He's a very entertaining guy. It's very rare to have these guys come off where it's like you can just tell. Like Ricky has the potential to be maybe not a star, but like a top 15 guy. And maybe maybe not even that, but like a Mike Perry-esque guy where a fa- a fan win, favorite, lose, man. or draw. Who's like going to be a fan favorite. So 
I'm going to take Ricky to win, though. Uh, overall, I mean, fun-ass season, dude. This is, We're coming to a close. Very fun season. Did, I like that. It, it's not going to rank all time whatsoever. But, dude, it was it was a lot of fun. Ultimately, injuries ruined the middleweight finale. But yep. Multiple still, times. Because there, yeah. there was another injury. There was another fighter that I can't remember the guy. The guy from Vegas who was, a, I guess, a, a well-known guy out there. Yeah. He ended up fighting a... Who was he supposed to fight? Was he supposed to fight Battle or someone else? I believe so. No, he was supposed to fight Gilbert. That's who it was. Okay, never mind. That's when they brought on Michael Gilmore. Okay. Yeah, never mind then. But, yeah, man, uh, as far as that goes, what are some of the other fights you do want to go and highlight on this card? I mean, Josh, we're just going to keep going down the card, man. Let's just be honest. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> let's, I mean, let's, let's crack into it. Kevin Lee, D-Rod, Daniel Rodriguez. Very interesting fight. I mean, this is a guy, Kevin Lee, that has been struggling is not the word for it, man. Like, it's – as a Kevin Lee fan, as a Motown, a Motown phenom fan, it's been rough out here for your boy, all right? Um, he's been in and out of different weight classes. He has not really found much success. I mean, he did defeat Gregor Gillespie. He did beat Barbosa back in 2018, but he has he has two wins in the last three years. Um Two wins out of his last five fights. It's been rough out here, man. What do you think about this matchup? What do you think about him taking on D-Rod on short notice? I mean, obviously Kevin Lee came in prepared. He had plenty of time to do his weight cut, be comfortable. Obviously D-Rod, the one coming in on short notice and mm-hmm. uh, kind of having to show up at, at this time. Uh, obviously he was first assigned to Sean Brady. And before we get into it, Josh, how do you feel about this not being the co-main event? Obviously it's the ultimate fighter finale. But I was listening to a podcast and the two hosts were complaining about the fact that Kevin Lee and D Rod were not the co-man. It's definitely a bit of a head scratcher. I'm I'm still I don't like necessarily. Here's my he's always been my unpopular opinion about the Ultimate Fighter. I think that whenever if they're gonna do it for this year, you gotta go you gotta go balls out for this. This is your return season. Make the middleweight and the bantamweight fights five rounds. Make both of them five rounds, and like just do a straight up Ultimate Fighter card. Like have Andre fighting on there have you know get some other guys from the season even though they didn't win put them on the card and give the middleweights and the bantamweights five rounds each i think that would be a dope like a good idea especially considering that now they're doing five rounds for any fucking fight they want and fill um, it and then fill it in with whatever on the undercard yeah and then and then they can have they should have had kevin lee fighting in the co-main this is way too good of a fight you have a guy that's ranked number 11 at lightweight taking on a guy that should he's not ranked at welterweight but he should be like this is an excellent fight it's very very strange placement but I guess I suppose it doesn't matter in the long run because we're talking about it anyway. <laughs> yeah, and it was a bit weird. And, and then granted, uh, there was a lot of talks of like how the guys should have their own card, you know, like just the ultimate fire card or uh, be on the same card as the coaches, which that's the weird thing to me because I feel like they should kind of be on the same card with their coaches. I feel like that's the right thing to do. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely strange. If if they're not going to do that, I think they should have done my idea of just like giving them five rounds each. But normally – traditionally the coaches are just one fight ahead of them yeah which would have made perfect sense and it would have been a great card and the fights were great and these guys would have got you know their limelight they would have got plenty of attention it would have given the kind of attention the ultimate fighter needed you know what i mean yeah and they kind of dropped the ball there but you know kind of get back at kevin lee and d-rock i i mean i don't know man i you know we've we've talked multiple times about the kevin lee and his weight and kind of like He's a little too big for 155, but then he's a little too small for 170. Ideally, he'd be like a 165er, but he doesn't really get that choice. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and, and Kevin Lee, he's just in a rough position. I mean, like, he'd be a perfect 165, like you said, but and we saw at 170, even against RDA. And RDA, the former 155, right now back at 155, but he, like, he put on muscle. He moved it the right way. Kevin Lee didn't. He looked severely outsized in that fight. Like, it's it's definitely strange. We're going to have to see, man. It's definitely a very interesting fight, though. But as far as moving on down the card, my guy, we can just go ahead and, I mean, honestly, just move right along. Andre against Michael Gilmore. How do you feel about this fight, man? I mean, I think we both it's, have hyped up Andre a lot, but it's it's weird. But it's kind of it's clearly like a matchup thing because you know Michael had been submitted uh, three times before coming into Ultimate Fighter. We saw in that Gilbert Urbino fight that he got taken down instantly, didn't have any success uh, like on the ground really. Like he defended, he was able to hold off decently, but you could tell that Gilbert was you know very well skilled on the ground, and Michael definitely did lack some skills there. And uh, this submission came in, and I'm pretty sure it was a first round submission, wasn't it? Correct. Yeah, and obviously Andre's wrestling skills are there. We saw those. And we saw those against his first opponent, a guy who clearly didn't have much of a, a wrestling or jiu-jitsu background and kind of how fast he took advantage of that, and that kind of led to his victory. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, in, in, honestly, it is very much a matchup thing, like you said. I'm glad they gave Michael Gilmore a fight, another one, because obviously he did come up with short notice. And Andre, I know the way they gave him a fight, because they see a lot of potential in this kid. And for good oh, reason. Yeah. And they like him, and he could talk. He could tell he could talk. Like, if he wants to, he could talk. Yeah, he he can talk. He's got he's he's got a lot of good attributes. He's very raw. But you can tell that like they clearly think he's gonna get there. So I'm glad that this fight got made. But you know, as far as what are some of the other fights of potential specifically on the undercard that you were pointing out? Well, Josh, it's uh make or break for our friend of the podcast, Sam Alvey. Uh you know, let's just you know, we gotta be blunt about it. Uh he has to win this one. There is no other choice. I'm pretty sure this has to be the, the the end of his run, right? If he doesn't win, the UFC is going to cut him, right? I would say yes. However, if we're being if we're being objective here, and we're separating ourselves from the fact that he gave us time whenever nobody else would, and we're being objective, he probably should have been cut a fight or two ago. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if this will be the one. But I'm thinking it, it probably will be. There's only so many chances you can give because now he's approaching he's approaching BJ Penn level. Yeah, um, and also, I say, also they might be you know big time dicks, and if he wins, they still cut him. I don't think they would, but it's not out of the realm of possibility. BJ Penn lost six fights in a row. But Josh, Sam Alvey has not lost. This would not be go, Josh. Go ahead. Yeah, that was BJ Penn. Yeah, no, no for sure. But my point is, is that. BJ Penn got a longer leash than anybody. Sam Alvey is right there for some reason. Like, if he loses this, he will... I mean, it won't be his sixth loss specifically in a row. But he would be winless in his last seven, actually. He had the one draw with the uh, Ung Jung, and then he's lost every other fight outside of that. And granted, there was a fight in there that arguably he won. So. Against Ryan Spann. And I thought he actually should have won against the Ung Jung. I thought he clearly won that, but... Regardless, it is you know, what it is. You know, well, fuck us, right? <laughs> yeah, we don't know shit. <laughs> what? Yeah. I was going to highlight another one. Gerald Bertrand versus Mahmed Muradov, Josh. Another good... Uh, you know, I feel like they're setting up Gerald Bertrand here again. Uh, against another good guy who's uh, young, has a... Well, you know, 31, but, you know, young and... and, and uh, in his uh, career still, and uh, even with the massive amount of fights he's had throughout his time, he, he 
He's 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 a good fucking dude, dude. It's it's fucking terrifying. You see that record? <laughs> like it's it's crazy. He hasn't <laughs> lost since 2016. The guy's a fucking unit. We saw him on the Connor car, Josh, uh, at the start of this year, dude, and yeah, uh, that was fucking deadly. <laughs> that was. And here's the thing about it's Andrew Sanchez. Name does not like he doesn't fly off the radar, dude. But here's the thing, dude. Andrew Sanchez is a guy that's been. He's a tough out for everybody. You don't look good against Andrew Sanchez. Like, he has not had a single fight. Like, um, obviously, he won the Ultimate Fighter. He dominated Khalil Roundtree. He beat Trevor Smith. Against uh, Anthony Smith, he dominated him for three rounds before Anthony Smith had an all-time comeback that does not get discussed enough. Ryan James had to come from behind to beat him. He beat Marcus Perez. He beat Mark andre Barrasol. Marvin Vittori had a very boring fight against him. That was honestly, it was, it was relatively close. He knocked out Wellington Sermon. You don't look good against Andrew Sanchez. He went in there and he dominated him, man. Like, it wasn't even close. Makhmad Murdoff is a bad man. He's a bad man. And like you said, they're setting him up here, man. And I like Gerald Mishard a lot, but this is a really bad matchup for him. Oh, yeah. They are uh, doing him dirty again. <laughs> yeah. You just, can't, you just cannot get an easy fight. For some hey, man, reason. But it's, but it's another 185 or a new face, man. That's what we need, so I get it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I like the fight. I mean, it is what it is. But, I mean, even moving on down from that, I mean, you highlighted uh, your boy Muradov, Abdul Hazak El Hassan. I'm in oh, so God. much pain, man. Against you know, Alessio Dedichico. How do you feel about that? You know, <laughs> remember, I want, before you get into this, you know, bro, you know what, man? I no, think. No, let me make my comment. Let me make my comment. Knockout. Let me make my comment real quick. Okay. Do not speak over me, Josh. God damn it. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. You remember when you're like, you know, they're setting these guys up so Joaquin Buckley can knock them out, and then Joaquin <laughs> Buckley got knocked out by Alyssa Shady. No, no, no. The exact quote that you said was like, they're, Josh. No, you said I think, it. Yeah, no, no, but you, no, no. Here's, you, I remember you said right afterwards, you're like, Josh, you said the, that they're setting these guys up for Joaquin Buckley to knock him out. I think they're setting up these guys to knock out Joaquin Buckley. Yeah, that's it's the greatest quote in the history of this show. It's up there. It's, it's up, up there. It's up there. It's up there with the WBF, IBF, you know, that one. That's yeah, I don't have sure. any good ones like that. But, dude, that was, and then he knocked him the fuck out. And that's yeah. not what's going to happen here. I mean, I love Abdul Hazak Al-Hassan. I love Gr- that. Granted, though, that, w- that was a freak one. It was like a fucking – it was a head kick. Like, he, he like, ducked onto it. It was, it was a yeah, weird – so- Kind of some freak shit, and he lost three in a row. He got dominated three fights in a row before that. So, but yeah, no, they're yeah. setting up uh, these guys that knocked out Abdur- Azaka Hassan. Hassan. So uh, we'll see what ends up happening with him. But uh, I mean, Josh, we covered that card greatly. It's a fucking banger, and I mean a fucking banger Absolutely. of a fight on the main event. I mean that main card is solid. I mean, I I feel, I'll be honest with you, I want to see every single fight on that main card, and it's full. Like mm-hmm. in its full entirety, I really do. That's how sure. that's how excited I am for it. It's an excellent card, my guy. Very very excited for it. But Angel, it's time. It is time to crack into the greatest fight oh. of all time. And no, I'm not talking about J.J. Aldridge, Vanessa Dilipos. Oh, we're sad. talking. It's... I know, right? Very shocking. Um, <laughs> sad. We're we're talking about Jake Paul versus Tyra Woodley. The now, biggest boxer in the world right the biggest draw in boxing right now you know the worst part is is that uh, that's a correct statement i don't think that's a i don't think it's very arguable at least in the u.s which is pretty depressing but how life is 
I, I will I will start this by saying that I've expressed to you off the show. I think I've even said it. I've given hint given hints on the show that when it comes to this fight, I give very little of a fuck. Um, I I've been very very open about how I think this fight's gonna go. Um, that I'm not very much looking forward to it. But I'll throw it to you to actually start because my personal thoughts on it will be brief. But Angel. What do you think about this fight this coming Sunday? Tyra Woodley, MMA legend, 19-7-1, lost his last four fights all via domination, taking on the undefeated, Jesus Christ, the undefeated Jake the Problem Child Paul. I mean, like I told you, Josh, I, 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 they have my attention. They have me in. I want to watch it. Is there something wrong with that? Maybe. But I want to <laughs> watch it. I'm intrigued. I even mentioned it to my buddies. I was like, hey, you know, Sunday, guys, we we, we down? We going to watch this? You know, they, they are. We are down. I, I, it's, it's, uh, a lot of people give this kid hate, man, but I respect the grind. I respect the hustle. Make your money. Get your bread. Get out, man. That, that's, that's what it is. And, uh, you know, uh, he gets a lot of hate. You know, they, they want him to do uh, other things that he doesn't necessarily have to do. They want him to fight a real boxer. But I'm like, hey, man, He's making this money. He's young. He's doing all the right things. I can't really hate on him for that. And he's and he's doing it the right way. And that's going to offend some people. But hey, man, it's not offending his bank account. So I completely get it. Yeah. And look, I'm not going to be one of those people that are going to say, fight a real boxer. Like, who the fuck do you want to fight? Better be like, well, like, what do you mean a real boxer? That's such a vague term. I've a real boxer. He, he <laughs> I could be fight. a real boxer. I mean, technically, anybody with a license is a real boxer. I think that's such a vague and such a bad criticism to use against Jake Paul. Um, and that's saying this is somebody who dislikes Jake Paul a whole hell of a lot. Um, I think it's such a bad criticism to do. That's such a bad faith argument. Like, fight a real boxer. Like, dude, like, who the fuck do you think Floyd is fighting, like, at this point in his career? Unless you're, unless you're Loma, you can't use the argument that, like, you're fighting these excellent world-class guys, okay? That being said... I do think he should be fighting guys of his relative relative skill level. And fighting Ben Askren, Nate Robinson, and yes, Tyler Woodley are not that. They are not in the same weight class. They are not in the same zip code in terms of training. <laughs> like Hey man, is, but he's but he's building up. Like it's it's you know, for three fights, like no no experience, I'll give him at least he's building up and hopefully eventually he he gets to the guy who's like this makes sense. Yeah, and I hope that its next fight is is ultimately that. I hope it's tight, uh, not Tyson Fury. Jesus Christ! I hope it's Tommy Fury. Timmy, I Timmy, think that one makes a lot of sense. Are you excited? Because you know, are you proud of uh, Tommy Fury's record? Are you proud of the fact that he made his debut against a guy who had ten wins and one hundred two losses? No, but a fact that I'll say this much: that guy had ten wins, but uh, <laughs> but one hundred two losses. Yeah. Oh, no, you're way, completely correct. How, how the fuck do you not give up once you hit, like, 30? You know? Well, for a lot of these guys, it's just a career. He's he's fought all bums outside of uh, Jordan Grant, who I believe is, like, 3 now. I want to say, as a pro. Don't time. quote me on that, but I, I think that may be correct. But I'm also dumb. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like, it's, it's you know, both these guys' resumes are shit. Like, like, oh, yeah, you're one, not wrong. One of the six and oh, who's going for like the more traditional, I'm gonna fight bums boxing approach. The other one 
is three and oh and yes he's beaten well-known people but they're shit at boxing so it's it's very it's they got status but they don't got the skills that's that's a very good way to put it and like fuck, like fuck yeah like he's beaten like beat gib and i'll give gib credit he's three you know as an amateur but like he's fought three he's fought three bombs as well um nate robinson hey man, don't disrespect my boy taylor holder like that oh yeah sorry like, sorry jay swingler as well you know um uh, <laughs> he fought nate robinson who had trained like a grand total of like four months for that fight um hey he still knocked out that guy in the club and Shaq was there <laughs> and then he beat Ben Askren coming off a hip replacement and world champion world champion <laughs> world champion um and in disc golf yeah and then also considered the worst MMA striker of all time like yep. I can't at least for the relative success he had. he got outstruck He's, by Demian Maya the second worst MMA striker of all time and it wasn't even close <laughs> um so yeah, I mean yeah, both these guys' resumes are shit, but I think yeah. I think Tommy Fury should probably fight Jake Paul next. I think we learn a lot about both guys. Do I think that'll happen? No, I don't. And there's a variety of reasons. Um, I know that uh, actually Tommy Fury's dad said like, no, no, we gotta give him more time to marinate. We gotta like just like yeah. like we gotta, um, that was his thing. He's like, I, I don't didn't know these his guys dad was fight. Alex Jones. That's <laughs> just. See, see, see the thing about the thing about Tommy Fury versus Jake Paul is that it's poison in the water supply. Like, um, the corrupt, the corrupt politicians. Um, but yeah, like, <laughs> I, my, my Tommy, Tommy Fury's dad, John Fury, I think his name is, and my Alex Jones impression are the exact same because the same they person. have such deep voice. <laughs> and they're the same person, pretty much. That realistically, uh, Josh, if Jake is to win, who will he realistically fight next? realistically man it's shit i don't know like he'll probably i mean, call him out he'll probably call him out i think he'll, he'll call, call him out. out i think he's got an idea like i think because here's the thing he had his whole hit list right he he put up his instagram post where like you know he put up a bunch of guys realistically none of those guys are options you probably like, get like put, maybe get half of those guys no, okay, I can actually pull it up right now. Because okay, pull it up right now, and I'll tell you who could he maybe get it, maybe not get it. Okay, all right, well, let me give me one quick second. All right, the hit list. Some of the names on there. Tyra Woodley, obviously he's going to fight. Now, not the one spot. Not for a very long time, but no, the, that's not going to happen in any time soon. It Nader so Diaz. Possible, but unlikely because of Dana. Kamaru Usman. Fuck no one. Let's Kabara retires. Timmy Fury. Yes. That one is a possibility. Okay. That's the that's the most possible one. Yeah, for sure. That should be next, but I'm not sure if they will. Conor McGregor. Possible, but unlikely because of Dana, and also it just depends on a lot of things. But it's yeah, not. No, it, if it were to happen, it'd be a while. It'd be a yeah, while. A lot of happen. these. A lot of these would be a while. A lot of these would be a while if they were to happen, but no. KSI. That is possible, but JJ's not going to fight him in the next year and a half. I think. Yep. Javante Davis. Absolutely the fuck not, but it could happen because of Showtime. Logan Paul. Yes, extremely plausible, but that's his last fight. So through every single name we just ran through, Tommy Fury is the only one that you said absolutely to in terms of possibility for next. Yeah. And I like, I don't know if they'll do it next. I think a lot of it honestly depends on how this fight goes. Like I don't want to put, I don't want to like. He might find another YouTube. I'll put it like this: If he doesn't like have a decisive victory against Tyron, like he doesn't finish him or takes every yeah. single or most rounds, you know, in a good fashion, I think he fights another YouTuber or 
kind of like a star or or a Diego Sanchez type. Maybe, but I think it's yeah, yeah. I honestly think that that may be it next, and I think I may have found this. uh, You think you fight Diego Sanchez? Or Diego Sanchez. Uh, yeah, because you know why? Diego Sanchez is a he's a he's you know he's a Hall of Famer and he's won fights with his hands before and you know he's legit. Nothing, nobody's fought anybody like me before this earlier in the career. You know? Has anybody mentioned? Has he ever mentioned Diego Sanchez? Has there even been a mention of Diego Sanchez? Like, because no, at least not at all. But because at least the other guys that have come out of his mouth, you know what I mean? Like, no, 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 he, completely agree. Diego signed with BKFC though, and they're trying to push him to fight influencers. Really? I thought... Uh, well, because they, they offered the fight. He's, I'm surprised he's, they won't set up uh, Diego versus Chad, since Chad signed with BKFC, like, as their mm-hmm. fucking debut fight. Well, you know, um, Diego Sanchez was offered a contract against FPS Russia to fight, so... <laughs> Do we didn't hear about Russia, this? Was Russia down? No, no, no. Russia was not down specifically for the reason that it's a boxing match and that it, it's a bare knuckle boxing match. He said he might do it in boxing, but not bare knuckle. What the fuck? Why? Come on. Uh, I don't know. That's that. I mean, I think that's he loses Josh's either way. The day, though. I'm the only person to have reported on this news. I, 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 either way, though, I don't think he'd take that anyways. Cause, come on, bro. Yeah, but uh, my, <laughs> my point being, I, I, I think that Jake Paul would fight a, a uh, like, it depends on how the fight goes. If it goes well probably tommy fury if it goes poorly then some past their prime non-striker or influencer yeah but i mean it's 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 tough but i guess we can just go ahead and go on to the pick part of it do you think jake paul gets it done do you think tommy will he gets it done how and why you know, my like I told you, and I've been saying it repeatedly on the podcast and repeatedly to you afterwards. The statement that I hate hearing the most is, and it's the reason that gives me no confidence, is when people say Tyron Woodley should win this fight. You know, that that is kind of cryptic in a way. Because saying Tyron Woodley should win this fight versus Tyron Woodley is going to win the fight is two very different things. Mm-hmm. And I don't like hearing that. And like I told you, man, I'm down for the train, man. I want to see how far he can take it. I really do. I really want to see what is the peak of this. So I'm picking Jake again. Mm-hmm. If this was on the courtside sound off official picks, I pick Jake every time now. Yeah. And as far as how do you think he gets it done, though, is my is my question. Ah. Uh, <laughs> that fuck early early finish if. If things look good, like if you, if it's a good early finish, if it's a shitty performance, like very shitty decision, yeah, a very shitty decision. Like he he won it, but it was very shit. Like it was very yeah. bad. Like it wasn't it wasn't anything clean. Yeah, and that's fair. And you know what, man? I mean, I I I didn't exactly say um, during I shit on the fight last week, I think, or the week before, um, and I said that I don't think it's going to be particularly close, and I have to your interest in it, and. I think that it's. What if it's a banger, Josh? What if it's a fucking war? It's not going to be. It's what if it's be Mickey Jake, Ward, Arturo Gotti? What if it's that? It's shit not going to happen though. This is going to be Jake no, Paul I'm knocking Tyron Woodley out inside of two rounds. I'm saying hypothetically, what if it turns into that? It's not hypothetically. That'd be awesome. Well, <laughs> okay, I just I just want to know if you would think that'd be awesome or not. You'd be reality. like, yo, Tyron, the damage. <laughs> reality though, the universe we're living in is the one where Jake Paul is going to 
knock out Tyra Woodley. Regretted though, I did use like one of the greatest examples of one of the greatest wars in yeah. boxing would be Arturo Gardi versus Mickey Ward. Yeah. Like, you know, I did give you a very extreme, but still, yeah. if it but did become that, holy that's shit. not gonna happen. That's not gonna happen. Jake Paul's gonna win this fight in seven. I can't wait to see this fucking know. fucking what is it? Eight round, nine round? I don't even know how long. It's it eight is. rounds. Can't wait to see this eight round banger, Josh. <laughs> can't wait to see this fucking eight round banger. I'm, I'm telling you right now, bro. It's gonna be a fucking war. Yeah, and look, man. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I really, I hesitated after the drama yesterday, where like Jake Paul's team tried to fuck with Tom Woodley's mom. That was so I'm random. Like, I don't want to get into that right now. I don't want to offend anybody. Just, just cause. No, go ahead. Are you want to offend everybody? Yeah. Oh, okay. My whole thing is, and I agree. The one thing that Jake did say afterwards that I agreed with is leave it between the fighters. Can you at least agree with me on that, Josh? Like, like, to, like it, it's out of it in terms of trash yeah. talk. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, like nobody, like it, the yeah, trash, sure. like the yeah, like the whole thing is between the fighters. You know, like why, why is the team going at her? Why is she going at them? You know, like they're they don't have beef. You know, yeah, like there is there is some sort of animosity because obviously it's their camp versus their camp, right? But at the end of the day, the two the two athletes are going to sell their business. You know what I mean? They can talk all the shit yeah. they want. They can talk about you. Honestly, I'll give a fuck. You can talk about each other's families. You know what I mean? But I know you guys are going to deal with that issue in the ring. You yeah. know what I mean? None of the people standing out there and sitting out there are going to deal with that issue, how they're dealing with it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's how I feel about it. Yeah. And look, I don't want to get too much into it. I think, like, if you're going to go at a guy's mom, that's, like, the lowest move. You could probably I – mean, it's not the lowest. I'm sure you could do something worse. You could pull a Kobe Covington, like, insult your coach's – your dead coach or whatever. I don't even know why it happened. See, I'm one of those people who just gets pissed off. I'm like, why does this even happen? Like, I, I you know, you know me, Josh. I, I, yeah. I get mad at, at stupid shit. Like, I'm, I'm like, why, why is this even happening? Like, this, why is this, why is this even a situation? Yeah. I mean, I just, I just dislike that. And then like, why is the camp sitting out there? You know, and during a like, you know, like, why is the mom there? Like, I guess like, she's there what? for support. Like, you know, it's, it's a lot of tiny little things. Thing it's like, I don't know exactly what went down. I don't know exactly what because I think they, I saw an interview with Jake and they asked him. He's like, oh, you know, it was talking shit on both sides, but like. What Jake I heard said is, that he can didn't... I tell you what I heard? What did you hear? Okay, what I heard is the mom started talking shit to the camp. I don't know what she said. Granted, she could have made some very terrible comment that offended them, right? She could have said something very big art. You know, I'm not saying she did. I'm not saying she did. I'm not making any claim that she said anything. Yeah. And granted, she might have not even said it first. All I'm saying is this is this is her from – I heard this from another source. She was saying shit to the camp, right? She was going at them. The camp responded. I don't know exactly what the camp said. The camp just went at the mom. Still wrong, right? Yeah. And that's what went down. And then the sister got involved, and the cousin got involved, and that's when it all blew up. Now, I think it's important to say here, and whenever we're talking about this, we're taking, and I'm not sure, because I, I, obviously we don't know entirely what happened, but if we're looking at the history of this, it's like we have Jake Paul's camp who have known, who are known to be agitators. Oh, yeah. And people who it. talk shit versus Mobble Woodley, who is universally loved. And is well known for actually doing the exact opposite and treating Tyra Woodley's opponents well. Mm-hmm. Kamar Usman was treated like they hugged afterwards. She hugged Jake Paul's mom in the lead up to this and talk and like they got along great. So I don't I mean, I don't want to say who your source is. I don't want to say if they're wrong. It's probably they got they got misinformation. I don't believe that in the fucking slightest, though. Like Man, anything <laughs> can happen, though. We never know. People yeah, no, get, no, entirely. People have anything with something. could happen. But if the hey, argument is, hey, granted like, though, if if my, if my son was fighting Jake Paul, I'd be like, damn, that guy's a fucking asshole. You know what yeah, I mean? I'm like, gonna be honest with you. Nothing but respectful to Jake Paul in the lead up, specifically his mom. Like that's oh, yeah. 
hey it's man really strange there's, for her there's been multiple there's hey man but everybody's nice until they're not you know i'll be honest with you i'm one of those people who i'm like and look you're you know we're both very different we all have our opinions about people look for me i'm someone who's like i don't care how kind you are everybody can act a different way about around someone you know what i mean yeah you know what i mean everybody's different everybody has their moments everybody can get angry you know everybody has everybody can be flawed we're, we're people you know she could have had a moment of just saying something sly and it could have got it could have just set someone off you know what i mean she didn't even have to necessarily talk like heavy shit or say anything like all i'm you know what i said you know what the source said is that she had said some comment who knows what it could have been it might have not even been anything serious she might have not even said it it might have not even been offensive like you, the person just wanted just he got set off and just wanted to be an asshole. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's there's and, a lot of things, and at the end of the day, I don't think there's an exact. We do we, we don't have any exact word on what exactly was said that day, no. do we? Exactly. I mean, that's the other issue. That's my other big issue with talking about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And look, that's all fair enough. To go back to the original point, whenever that whole drama happened, because Tom Willie is a guy that like he's known for not really. Fairly or unfairly, he's known for not getting up for the big one, at least recently. Like, I'm not talking to prime T-Wood. I'm talking recently, dude. Like, he's just not really motivated. Um, and it's a fight that a lot of people who thought he was coming into just to get the bag. And But if there's one thing you don't do, you don't fuck with the guy's mom. And why are you wrong? I'm not saying one or the other. What, what was what, it? He pulled a uh, Michael Chiesa? Is that what it was? He did. He pulled He pulled the Chiesa. Chiesa. And he looked as pissed off as I've ever seen him. He's like, he's, he, I've never seen Tom Woodley that upset about anything ever, bro. I mean, he, he was, I fully believe if somebody from their camp, like, put their hands on him, I'm sure he would have started dropping, dropping dudes, honestly. Like, he, he was very heated. This is not a lot of people are like, oh, you don't think it's for pay per view buys? Like, Floyd and Jake, whenever they had that whole, like, that whole scuffle, I'm entirely sure that was probably for some pay per view buys. I'm sure Floyd probably overreacted on purpose. T. Wood did not give a shit. I think he really just wanted to go fight him. But I never really considered it. But if I'm looking at this analytically, if I'm looking at this as an analyst, and I, I truly believe that I am, and I think we're both relatively objective on this show, um, he is fit 20, 15 to 20 pounds undersized. Uh, he's at least two to three inches smaller. He's bed finished. He, he has arthritis in his hands. He's had shoulder injuries. Um, he's been boxing for a grand total of when this fight get announced April about four, four five months. Jake Paul's been boxing for three years. He's 16 years younger. Um, if I take the names out of it, every single attribute is on Jake Paul's side. So I'm gonna go and take Jake Paul, dude. I don't think it's gonna be close. But and that depressing. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We'll and and Tyrell Willie's very very confident going into this. It's not a Ben asking like. Joking around because Ben Askin pretty much came for the bag. I mean, I, I'm sure he's sure he prepared, and I fully respect that. But like, he came for the bag. Um, Tyron Woodley, I'm sure he's coming to fight, man. I'm sure he's coming for war. Like, I don't think he. You could tell during the press conference, like he's he's just done. He's done with this whole YouTuber bullshit. He just wants to go fight. Um, and I'm sure he does. And I think he won't look as bad. And I think this is going to be Jake Paul's toughest fight. Wait, wait, I have one more thing to say. You yeah, know how no, they made ahead. that. You, you know how they made that bet for the tattoo. Yeah. Is that true that they have that in the contract now? No, they don't have it in the contract. Dude, I heard somewhere that they was in the contract. No, apparently, because I I, I watch I watched Impulsive with Jake Paul, uh, and he said that like he pretty much acknowledged that like yeah if I lose I'm not getting it done and if he loses he probably won't get it done either. 
hey man you know we'll see what happens yeah they both i mean he pretty much outwardly said that like, if i, I did feel, it i just get a cover I, up. dude i feel confident enough to like say like yeah if, if jake paul loses i'll get the tattoo like that's how confident i am like i i like i would legitimately bet money on this if i was a betting man like i i would like i i see zero way but you know it, it i I don't know, man. It just it sucks because Tom Willie's a legend of the game. I don't like that he's doing this. I don't like that Ben Askren did this, um, and so on and so forth. But we'll see what happens on Sunday, man. It's a weird Sunday card for some reason they're doing it, but again, it is what it is. Is there anything else you want to touch on this show before we close out? No, man. I'm just really excited for next week, and obviously we have the pay per view coming up, and uh, some good fucking pay per views, man. I'm telling you, and some more boxing hopefully in the near future, and. Uh, some good shit. And this is a good episode. Uh, I really, I was, this was fucking good, man. I liked it. Yeah, for sure. And I hope you guys liked it as well. If you did, feel free to go ahead and, you know, hit us up on Twitter at Josh Shimanoff, at Angel Ortega underscore one, at Courtside Sound one. Feel free to give us a rating on Apple. Feel free to subscribe on YouTube. Give us a like. Do all that fun stuff. We appreciate all the support as always. And that's out. That's all. We're out of here. Peace and butt grease. Mouse click. <laughs>